Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We are right in the middle of the month of June 2019, and this is the month that our culture identifies as Gay Pride Month, and so we have talked the last few days about what the Bible says about sexuality, what the Bible says about our identity, what the Bible says about the gospel in relation to these things. And so we are continuing on that conversation today. So the question that I'd like to pose to to kick off today's program is just simply this. How would you respond to the person who says, God made me gay or I'm a gay Christian? Now, let me let me jump in on the first one. Um, the idea God God made me gay. Um, well, first let me say yes, God made you, and God made you in the image of God. God, every human being is created, every human being created in the, in the image of God, and worthy of the respect uh, and love uh, that is due to creatures made in the image of God, and. Uh, but to say God made me gay, uh, well, no. Uh, the Bible tells us God's creation intention. And every one of us is broken by sin in a way that draws us away from that created intention. There's lots of brokenness in me. There is habitual tendency to sin in me. That's just a part of me, brothers. I was born with it. And I can say that boldly and freely because I know that that applies to every single human being on the planet. That's right. It applies mm-hmm. to every Christian. And can I dodge it, my brokenness and my, sin, and my sinful nature? Can I dodge it by saying, God made me this way? No. That is to point an accusation at God or to claim my brokenness as that I myself, I'm going to baptize my brokenness and and claim it as something good contrary to God's word. No, God has spoken in his word. My nature, my feelings don't tell me the will and intention of God. Even my deep, deep, deep feelings, even even my, my deepest feelings that have always been a part of me and I can't be rid of them even if I want to, even the ones I like that violate his will, I cannot say, well, God made me this way. No, uh, that's, that's simply not true to God's word. It's, it's really a perversion. It's, you know, we see how far we've come because it used to be, I can still remember as a child hearing the words, the devil made me do it. Yes. And, and now the, the perversion has gone even further and, and saying, God made me do it. Yes. And, and really what, each one is led. Each one's own desires bring them into sin. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God God cannot bring us in. This is what James is talking about in, in the book of James. You know, God doesn't tempt anyone. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't create that sin in you. Uh, so to blame him is is uh, really again an affront to a holy God. That's right. Yeah. So one of the things that's being kind of did you want to continue on the thought? Because I was going to I was going to change the subject. So okay. go ahead. Okay. Well, before you change the subject, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just say that there is a there is a secular belief that's being expressed when a person and and I don't doubt the sincerity. Let me let me. Let me just say that I don't doubt the sincerity of the person who, who identifies as gay or lesbian who, who says God made me this way. I think that that belief is sincere and, and deeply mistaken. And it's based on a secular notion that humanity as we see it right now is the way God intended if you look around at the human race right now and by your observation of people come to the conclusion this is what God intended. Well, nope, you need to go back to your Bible and read the first three chapters of Genesis. That's right. This is not the way God intended it to be. Yeah. Human life as we see it now is not God's intention. And yeah. simply because you were born with something, you, you may have been born with same-sex attraction. I don't doubt that. And by the way, there has never been uh, and let's get scientific here for a minute. There has never been a genetic link to same-sex attraction discovered. And if you've been told different than that, you've been lied to. There is no scientific evidence of a genetic link to same-sex attraction. Um, but let's say even if there was, even if there was, any propensity that I am born with to say that, that that's there, therefore God gave that to me, therefore I'm free to live that out. The clearest genetic marker for a human behavior that is known today. Now this is scientifically proven, brothers. The clearest genetic link to a behavioral propensity is the genetic link to the propensity for violence. Hmm. There's a genetic marker, and it's particularly in males. Uh, there is a genetic marker that leads to a propensity for violent behavior. In fact, if you go out to the prison, go out to the maximum security prison south of town, and you'll find uh, that if you do a genetic test on the most violent prisoners uh, out there, this genetic marker will be found in a majority of them. Mm. Now, what I'm talking about, yeah, this is not the Bible, this is science. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm born with that marker, and I, th- and I, I believe it's because the human race is, is broken and it's right down to our genetic code. Right. Goes back to the fall. Goes back to the fall in Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. If I'm born with that propensity to violence, now once again, this is, it's, it's genetic. Can I say, well, then this must be God's gift to me? No. Of course not. Right. I would say... And if I'm counseling somebody who's born with that and, and who's dealing with it, I would say, you know what? You've got, you've got a burden. Mm-hmm. And it can also be your gift because God is going to give you grace as you trust in him. And yeah, you're going to struggle and there's going to be times you're going to fail. But by the grace of God, you can live with this and you can even flourish with this. And God will take this and, and use it for his glory in your life. Yeah. 
Well, you, anyway. you know, you know. I mean, from um, the Gospel of Mark, you know, the desires of our heart are corrupted as well. That's what the fall has done. Yes. From for from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, evil. Uh, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. You know, so there's a pervasiveness of sin. We, you know, without an understanding of the fall and how it has affected all of human nature, um, we don't. We we have no point to go forward from. We have to recognize one. What God created was good. Uh, then we have to recognize the fall, and then out of out of that, we also understand that um, you know we can be redeemed. We can be made new. We you know we we can be new creatures in Christ. You mentioned Phil the other day. You know, as you give that litany of sins that's found in First Corinthians six, Paul will write, "And such were some of you." Yes, uh, there's. There can be the transformation. That doesn't mean that um, if there was that proclivity toward a particular sin, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, we see in some societies that drunkenness is that proclivity, that the inability to handle alcohol, say, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that person that comes out of that doesn't say, I'm an alcoholic Christian, yeah. just the well, that, same way people are saying I'm a gay Christian. Well, that's the so that's where I wanted to go next. So let me set it up a little bit, and then I'll, I'll turn it back to you. So it's very popular today in some of the more li- liberal segments of, of evangelicalism to say, well, I'm a gay Christian. And what I mean by that is that uh, I have same-sex attraction. Um, I've always had same-sex attraction, but I'm not acting on it. Right. So therefore, that's who I am. I'm a... I'm a gay Christian. How how do we? Is this, first of all, is this important to respond to, um, and how do we respond to it? Yeah, I do think it's important to respond to, and and I would recommend a, a couple of, of books. Uh, and the first one, very short little book uh, called "Is God Anti-Gay," by a pastor named Sam Alberry, A L L B E R R Y. Sam Alberry is God Anti-Gay. Um, he's actually a pastor in Great Britain. And um, he is someone who experiences same-sex attraction. And by the grace of God uh, and, and out of his uh, desire to live for Christ, um, he's um, made a commitment not to act on that and uh, to live a chaste life. And he does not identify as gay. He will not say, I'm gay. He'll say, I experience same-sex attraction. And I, I think that's an important distinction. It may seem to some listeners like we're splitting hairs here. Can I, can I split hairs even more? Yeah. He wouldn't say that that same-sex attraction is good. No, he would not. Right. Okay, so he's yeah. just being honest and transparent about the particular sins that he is tempted towards. Ab- absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not saying this is a gift from God. He's not saying this is, you know, he's, he's candid. You know, this is, mm-hmm. this is something that I experience. It's contrary to the will of God. Therefore, I'm called to abstain from mm-hmm. where, where that desire would lead me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he also will not say I'm a gay Christian. And what you're talking about is there are some, some Christians who experience same-sex attraction who will call themselves gay Christian and mm-hmm. and the danger there to me is that uh, the term gay or the or the you, you often see the alphabet letters L, L, LGBTQ that's not those terms are not just a, a human describing a human condition condition they're describing an an ideology they're describing a belief system and they're describing a false belief system uh, that is contrary to God's word and uh, filled with deception. 
and falsehood. Uh, and, and that's why those terms, I think, should be rejected and avoided by the Christian. Well, aren't we supposed to, I mean, when we become a Christian, how does the Bible identify us? Yeah. Ephesians, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, new creation, in Christ. We, we don't identify. In fact, Paul specifically rejects any identification in Romans seven seventeen. When he's struggling out loud with the sin that he is that's going on in his own heart, he says, "So it is no longer I, yes, but the sin that dwells within me." Right. What a what a remarkable statement that is. Yes. He's saying that's not my identity. Mm-hmm. My identity is in Christ, and so it's wrong. So this is where you started to go, Jonathan, when you said, "You know, uh, we don't identify as adulterous Christians or." drunk Christians or pedophile Christians. Why? Because that's not who we are. That's not our identity. It's not our identity. It's, 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 and, and this, this is so important because if, you know, it's been said so many times, if you lose the battle of language, then you're already giving up the debate. I mean, out there right now, this whole heartbeat um, bill to help save babies from abortions. And the left is already characterizing it as um, forced pregnancy. Yeah. And when you lose that debate in language, um, you kind of lose the debate. Well, right? I mean, you know, when you talk about this uh, losing the language, um, there's there's a new book out. It's called Holy Sex- Holy Sexuality and the Gospel by Christopher Yuan. But he's he's actually coined a term, holy sexuality. You know, he's taking away the heterosexual, homosexual thing, and and because he recognizes that heterosexuality. Is, doesn't define us as in the gospel. That's right. Um, because you can be a heterosexual and still be a sinful heterosexual. That's right. Um, he's talking about well, how does the Bible define our, our sexuality? That's what right. it, should it be? Yeah. Well, we'll have to end there. Thanks for listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 